Are you leading change in your organization? Maybe you are wondering what it's really like to lead during a transformation. Welcome to When Women Lead Change with Danielle Hawk. Get insights from senior and executive level women across various industries and sectors as we spotlight their journey in leading significant change in their respective organizations. You will also hear from subject matter experts in the areas of strategic change, project management and human resources on what it takes to thrive in this role. Because leading during steady state is not the same as leading during change. And now, here's your host, Danielle Hawk. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of When Women Lead Change. In this episode, we have Dory Ramsey, who is the Vice President of Human Resources for Washington Gas. Washington Gas delivers natural gas to over a million customers, residential, industrial, and commercial throughout the Washington, D.C. area. Dory comes with extensive experience in human resources management and organizational development. She holds an MBA from American University with a concentration in organizational development, and she is also an adjunct professor at Georgetown University. Dory started her career at U.S. Airways in education and corporate development. So in this episode, Dory is going to share her insights based on her role as an HR executive observing leaders leading change. I think she did a great job providing her take on what leaders should be thinking about prior to leading change. She also talked about the use of the organizational culture assessment inventory. It's a great tool to use at the beginning of a change effort. So you're going to get a lot of great nuggets and insights from Dory. Let's jump in. Welcome to the show, Dory. Well, thank you, Danielle. I am so excited to be with you this morning. Thank you for having me. Awesome. So today our listeners are going to get such a special treat um, having you here and you sharing your insights about leading change and particularly what you've seen in terms of what leaders have done well, maybe not so well. So let's just kind of jump into it. Tell us a little bit about how you actually work with leaders in your role. So as the Vice President of Human Resources at uh, WGL Washington Gas, I'm really responsible for the whole HR strategy for all of our programs and services within HR. But one of the main priorities that we have, uh, my team and I, is really to help senior leaders translate business strategy into workforce and talent management strategies. So in that role, there are always a number of changes that are taking place in the business strategies, and we help them with really implementing those and what it means to the workforce and, and talent management. So right now, one of the, the main focuses I have, um, Washington Gas was purchased last year by a Canadian company, Alta Gas. So I am uh, really primarily focused on the integration and the alignment with all of the HR functions across the entity for um, all of the Altagas parts of the company. So I'm helping leaders with that transition as well. So a lot going on. Wow, that does sound like a lot, a lot of moving parts. I mean, you have such an extensive career, and I imagine this isn't the first large-scale change effort that you have been engaged in. When you think about leaders and leading change, what do you think is like the most challenging aspect of being a change sponsor? You know, I think the most challenging thing is remaining positive about the change and moving it forward while you're still being sensitive to those that are struggling with it and potentially actively resisting it. 
So that's really difficult because you have to understand all the various stakeholders. Um, you have to understand how they've been impacted by the change. And the William Bridges transition management model, I find, is really useful. And within that model, it deals with endings, so letting go of what was, being in the neutral zone. So you're not there where you were and you're not where you're going. You're just kind of in this time of uncertainty. And then the new beginnings. So really getting excited about what's to come. And so I think that's really challenging, particularly for senior leaders. A lot of times, if it's a big change, especially, senior leaders are well aware of the change for a long time before the rest of the organization is exposed to it. So what can happen is that leaders have already gone through all those transitions. So they've dealt with the endings. They've gone through the, you know, what's next. And they are really focused on the new beginning. They're excited about it. And they can sometimes become frustrated with those around them who aren't as excited about it. So that, I think, is really challenging for a lot of senior leaders. They've kind of lost touch with what it's like to get the news when things are ready to change and you haven't really had a chance to process it. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And we've mentioned on this podcast, the William Bridges model a few times, and I couldn't agree with you more um, about that model and how well it lays out the personal transition that people, each individual has to make. And so I think that's a great call out. So when you think about kind of over your career and not necessarily in this particular effort, but when you think about a leader who seem to excel in this role, you know, what do you think made the difference for that person in terms of being a change sponsor, change leader? I've been lucky to have worked with more than a few leaders that really were good at leading change, at helping others work through change. And I think the most important characteristics is, um, number one, being a, a good listener and just open to hearing from others in a non-judgmental way. So really having um, kind of their finger on the pulse, being well-connected, being trusted. So you can't wait until there's a change to gain the trust of those around you. Mm. So you need to work on that throughout the time that you're in a leadership position and, and certainly even before that, so that people are willing to come to you, open up, tell you what's really going on. That to me is what stands apart for the leaders who really help a change successfully be implemented because they they actually know what's going on. They know how a change is impacting various stakeholders. They are trusted so that when they tell those around them what is happening, people listen to them. And so it creates a much more open environment for change to be successful. Interesting. Yeah, I totally agree with that trust factor. And it makes a lot of sense when you have a leader where you built that level of credibility or who has built that level of credibility in other situations, other aspects, you're more apt to support what's happening in a Mm -hmm. sense, even if you don't agree with some of the things, because you feel like that person has not necessarily all of your best interests, but at least they're leveling with you on what's happening. And I think just knowing what your interests are, if you're connected to the stakeholders and 
to your point, you may not be able to satisfy those best interests, but you know what they are. So you're Mm -hmm. sensitive to them. And so you know if something is going to be disruptive or there's a stakeholder group that is not going to like a change, at least you understand that and you can be open to listening and to explaining the why of a change and the communication around that is so critical. And just giving people a level of respect that you will explain it to them and you will continue to communicate. And it has to be two-way communication. When I was mentioning listening, it really needs to be. And sometimes those conversations are very uncomfortable and you don't necessarily always welcome them and getting that input, especially when things are moving quickly and you're just trying to move forward. But that's really critical to success. That's the reason most changes fail. It isn't the technical aspects of it. It isn't what is, uh, you know, all of the financials and, and all of the hard work that's gone into determining what that change needs to be. It's around the people and the culture. Mm. No, that makes a lot of sense. You talked about the pace and people moving really quickly, wanting to get things done fast. And sometimes that getting in the way of taking the time to listen and have that two-way communication. I should ask, is that something that leaders always have to struggle with and live in that tension of not putting the cart before the horse so things run a little bit more smoothly? Yeah, I I think the pace of change is a challenge for everyone. Mm -hmm. And it's not even that you're dealing with just one change. You might have multiple things going on. And a lot of times uh, what happens is because leaders are responsible for a number of things, they may be responsible for several changes that are going on at a given time. And so they're you know, really trying to juggle with the strategy and the actual making sure that the elements of the change are implemented while still being sensitive to the fact that if people aren't coming along with the change and helping with the implementation, it's going to be derailed. Right. Yeah. That um, is definitely been my experience and my observation as well. That happens pretty early on when that's not happening in the right way. So some of our listeners, as you know, are senior leaders themselves. Perhaps they have not led a large-scale change effort. What are some things that they should be thinking about when having to take on this role? Sometimes I would ask, like, you know, what should they think about if they're going to volunteer for this role? And oftentimes, they're voluntold. There's no volunteering. (laughs) Yes, yes. Well, and and typically when people are voluntold to be a part of a change, it is in a very tactical type of way. So what happens is someone may be really putting forth some great efforts from the perspective, again, of the technical aspects. So they may be responsible for some of the financial pieces, or if it's a technology implementation, they may be involved in the project management of it. But what they're not really given a foundation in is the change management, transition management of the people side. And then when things don't go well, they take it upon themselves to think that they failed when really 
what they have been charged with may not be a complete picture. So I would say that there's a number of tools that I find really, really useful. And I mentioned William Bridges, I think an understanding of how people transition through change. And we all transition through change basically with the same steps. Some more quickly, some have had better experiences with changes, so they're more positive going through them. Sometimes it's just the the nature of what someone else is dealing with in the rest of their lives. So if they're going through a lot of other changes, mm. the change at work may seem minor, but it may just be on top of a multitude of other things, which makes it more difficult. So I think understanding that personal element of how people do have to let go of what was, they do have to be able to work through the uncertainty before they get to what the new beginning is. I think that's extremely helpful. I also think that particularly if you're involved in something like a a merger and acquisition and you're looking at what are the elements that tend to derail success, the biggest one is culture. Mm. And so understanding how do you assess culture, how do you look at cultures to see what really needs to be focused on for that integration to be successful. One of the tools I use is um, OCAI, which mm-hmm. is the Organizational Culture Assessment Instrument, um, which is a mouthful. It's also called the Competing Values Framework. And what it allows you to do is to have an assessment to try to determine what are some of the basic elements of a culture that may be in conflict when you start to integrate. You know, I think tools like that can help frame when things start to look like they're not going as well as you expected and you're doing all of the tactical things as you planned and they all seem Mm -hmm. to be going well, but yet it just isn't quite working. You know, what is happening? It's probably on the people side. It's probably on the culture side. And so I think for anyone that wants to either is looking for an opportunity to be involved in a major change or is voluntold to be in that change, (laughs) (laughs) to really become a little bit more well-versed in the people side of it. And again, sometimes changes may not seem that major to people, but there may be some personal element. In one of my previous jobs, there were some organizational changes and whole areas of the company went from reporting into one organizational structure to another. So this was in the customer service group, and it had been reporting to sales and marketing, and the decision was made is to report to operations. Mm -hmm. So this was clearly had been in the works for a while, and so it was announced, and it's this should be a non-event. You know, you're just reporting up through a different chain. Your work hasn't changed. Nothing about it has changed. It was very difficult for a lot of employees because they had Mm -hmm. identified with that sales and marketing group. They like being a part of that group and they had a hard time with it. And I think that was difficult for those that were involved in making this transition. They weren't expecting to have any resistance from employees, but they did. And there was a dip in some productivity and there were some people that just weren't happy and that was unanticipated. So for the Mm. project managers on it, making the logistics of this happen, that was just blindsided them. So I think for anybody working on something that's of some significance, they really need to understand the people side of things. 
Mm, No, that's a great example. Thanks for sharing that. And thanks for sharing those tools, those assessments, because what we like to have it when women lead change is, you know, exposure to resources, information, things that I feel like our, our leaders are not necessarily going to be told about. As they're in this role, um, they may have a change strategy, change management lane that's working, but it probably is best to, like you said, make sure that they're well-versed themselves and they're not so reliant on their change management folks to have all of the answers or all of the ideas. Yeah, and, and too often, I think change management, it's set apart and it's brought in at the last minute. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas if people who are involved in a change from the beginning, when it first is being discussed, there should be a change management people strategy. Because if you wait until something's been announced, which is a lot of times what happens, at that point, there's already, you're trying to catch up with people who feel that they weren't involved appropriately, they weren't told, they're not happy about it. That could have been really kept on track more easily had the right people been involved early enough. And and again, uh, leaders listening and understanding stakeholders, understanding how a change is going to impact them, and um, just hearing. Sometimes it's, it's simple tweaks in your project management that can make all the stakeholders really feel like they're part of it and on board. Right. Referencing the project management piece as well, because it's such a concerted kind of team there where you have the sponsor of project management and the change folks. So I'm glad that you mentioned that. So Dory, is there anything else, any final thoughts that you would like to share, any advice that our listeners might be able to use um, when they're thinking about being in the role of leading change? I think my last piece of advice is just, you need to take care of yourself before you can support anyone else in going through change. Often, the change that a change leader is supporting, they are also experiencing. And so the change leader needs a support system because Mm -hmm. you can't, in a positive, successful way, it's very difficult to help others through change if you're struggling with the same change. So you need a strong support system, you need to take care of yourself, and you need to recognize that you're human too. So if you're experiencing major change, it's not enough for you to try to segment your personal from you know, how you're supporting others. You really have to work on how you're going to transition through the change as well. And my strongest piece of advice is to take care of yourself and have a strong support network where you can have others listen to you and give you some guidance. Uh, Sometimes that can keep you on the path to be positive and to really support others. Mm. Well, thank you so much, Dory. That's really great advice, especially for these very extensive, almost kind of marathon change efforts. So I really appreciate all that you've shared with our listeners. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for having me. It was really my my pleasure to uh, spend a little bit of time with you this morning.